Isn't that good? We're beginning a new series today called It Matters. And over the next five weeks, we're going to be looking at some different things that we believe as a congregation, but also that we believe as individuals that really matter. Today, we're going to be talking about truth. And, and here's, here's what we know about truth. Here's what we, we say about truth is that we value the Word of God above everything. That it's the Word of God that is the primary thing that we believe in and that we hold to. And I hope that in your life as an individual, you do as well. So would you take your Bibles today and go to the book of John, the 17th chapter. And as you're turning there, let me say hello to our campuses that are joining with us this morning. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries. And I'm thankful for what God is doing at every campus that's connected to Love and Truth Church. I know great things have been happening already this morning. And we just encourage you now as we go into the Word of God to get ready to receive what God has for you. Now, uh, this morning, I want to talk about truth. Uh, and a lot of times, here's, here's what we find. Um, we find that people have an understanding that truth is relative, right? They'll say something like this, well, that's the truth that you understand, or that's what you believe. In other words, that, that everything is kind of, uh, uh, kind of moves and kind of shifts and kind of changes, and especially when you talk about the Word of God, People say to you, well, you have to understand that Bible was written so many thousands of years ago that it just doesn't apply to us today. Uh, we're, we're in a different place, we're in a different time, a different culture, uh, more technology, more things are happening. And, and as I begin to think about that, my mom just recently gave me uh, some books of my dad. My dad was killed when I was 14 years old in a car accident, but my dad was a pilot. And uh, this morning I hold in my hand a pilot flight record. This pilot flight record is from, it began uh, in 1956, all right? That's a day or two ago, right? 1956, my dad learned how to fly right here in Jackson, Tennessee, right out here at the airport. Uh, he was taught how to fly. And when they taught him how to fly, they taught him some truth. They taught him the truth of what goes up will come down. It's called gravity. They taught him the truth of the laws of aerodynamics that wind and thrust and all those things will lift an object off the ground and it will keep that object off the ground as long as you maintain the lift and the thrust they taught him Newton's laws all those things were taught to him now my dad learned how to fly an airplane it was called a Piper Tripacer if any of you are, are an air you know air buffs or those kind of things you'll know what a, tri a, a Tripacer is in fact I grew up riding in an airplane a Tripacer more than I ever rode in a car until I was seven years of age my dad was a bush pilot we lived in the jungles of Africa and uh, and I grew up riding in a plane my, my whole life. I, riding in a plane is easier for me to do than riding in a car. I know some of you don't bear witness with that. All right. I, and, and here's what I know. On, on that old tri-pacer that we had, the instrument panel was pretty, pretty, there wasn't much on it. There, you know, there were a few things that told you when the plane was right, what direction you were going in, etc. Nowadays, if you climb into the cockpit of an airplane, uh, there's all kind of computers, there's all kind of things there. But here's what I want to tell you. Although all that has changed, the truths have not changed. You may have all of the technological advances that can help you to get to where you're going, but the truth still is what goes up is going to come down. The laws of aerodynamics have not changed just because we are now 60, 70 years later down the road. They're still the same. They have not changed. 
I want to tell you this morning, the Word of God has not changed. The Word of God is still truth. Now, we are in a different generation, we're in a different day, but the Word of God is still powerful. The Word of God says this in the book of Psalm, the 119th chapter on the 11th verse. Here's what the psalmist said. He said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The book of John in the New Testament, John the 17th chapter and the 17th verse says this, sanctify them by the truth. Now that would be great if that's all it said, sanctify them by the truth, but then it tells us what truth is. Your word is truth. Sanctify them by the truth. Get them in the right place so that they can be saved, so their lives can be right. And then it comes back and says, your word, the Bible, is truth. One other verse of Scripture I want to read to you. The book of 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter and the second verse, says this. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Now this morning I'm going to talk about the Word of God. We say that we hold the Word of God, truth, to be the highest thing uh, in this church and hopefully in our lives as individuals. And to say that is one thing, but what are the evidences that the Bible is truly the inspired Word of God? How do we know that it really is? And so over the next few minutes, I want to show you what I believe that, that we can look at Scripture and we can look at history and we can look at scientific discovery and find that the Word of God truly is inspired of the Almighty God. The first thing I want to start with is the uniformity of the Bible. The uniformity of the Bible. When you begin in Genesis and go all the way to the book of Revelation, what you find is, is you find that there are 66 books that are written over a period of 1,600 years, and they span 40 generations. Now think about that. Moses, who writes, is a political leader. He's trained in the universities of Egypt. The apostle Peter's a fisherman. That's two whole different worlds. Amos is a herdsman. He's out there with the sheep. Joshua is a military general. He's a man of might. Nehemiah, the Bible says, is a cupbearer to the king. Daniel is a prime minister in the kingdom that is in that day and age. Luke in the New Testament is a doctor. He's a physician. Solomon's a king. He's ruling in splendor. Matthew's a tax collector. Boo. <laughs> Paul is a tent maker and a rabbi. And as you begin to look at all this, what you find is, is that it's not only written by all these different people, but it's written in different places. Moses is in the wilderness, following around after the children of Israel. Jeremiah, the Bible says, is in a dungeon. Daniel is on a hillside, and he's in a palace as he's writing the Scripture. Paul writes most of the two-thirds of the New Testament that he writes from inside of a prison cell. Luke writes uh, the book of Acts and the book, book of St. Luke. He writes those as he's traveling through the territory and he's finding out what God is doing. The Apostle John, who writes the book of Revelation and other books in the Bible, he writes from the Isle of Patmos where he is exiled by himself after they have tried to boil him in oil. Now they have placed him on this island to die. Others were written when they were in the rigors of military campaign and great things were happening and the children of Israel were at war. Some of them were written in times of great peace. 
David writes from a perspective of war. When you read the writings of David, you see war. But you read his son's writing, Solomon, and you find the perspective of peace. Some of the writings that we have are from the heights of joy. You read about great and powerful things, but some of the scripture will make you depressed. Have you ever read the book of Lamentations? It's one of those books that you say, I just don't even want to read it because it's such a place of disparity, such a place of heartache. The Word of God was written in three different continents and in three different languages. It's written in Asia. It's written in Africa. It's written in Europe. It's written in Hebrew, in Aramaic, and in Greek. You say, Pastor, you're giving us all this stuff. Why? Because I'm talking to you about truth. And it's important that we understand that the Word of God, coming from those diverse areas and those diverse things, truly is truth that you and I can guide our lives on just like 60 years ago the laws of aerodynamics have not changed the laws of the word of God the truth of God's word has not changed when you read scripture there are hundreds of controversial subjects there are controversial topics that that in fact let me ask you a question have you ever got into an argument over the bible Come on, raise your hand. They, they tell you, in fact, they tell you at work, don't talk about two things. Don't talk about religion. And what's the other one? Don't talk about politics because you're always going to find uh, yourself in a mess. Uh, you know, you, you have such great topics as the origin of man and the universe. Well, some of them are over here telling me that there's an explosion and everything just happened and we climbed out of some primordial ooze back there and became a one-cell amoeba that developed into a two-cell amoeba that exp expanded and exploded and we became monkeys and we, our tails fell off and whoop, here we are. And yet Genesis says, in the beginning God created man and he breathed into man the breath of living life and man became a speaking spirit or a living soul. The Word of God talks about the nature of God, who God is, that God is one, and yet He has revealed His Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is one of those controversies, and it's one of those subjects that is never going to be explained on this side of eternity. Anytime that you think that you have figured the Godhead out, you are in trouble. Because how can finite human beings explain an infinite God in who that we don't understand? And, and so there, there has to come an understanding in all of this that, that as we look at this, the Word of God talks about the nature of sin's redemption and, and man as we have fallen into sin and how that now the redemption of God Almighty has come into our life through the blood of Jesus Christ and that you and I can be saved through that. That's what the Word of God talks about. The Bible is true. Listen, the Bible's not to beat us up. The truth of the Word of God is not to make you feel bad. The truth of the Word of God is to keep you flying right. It's, it's, do, do you know what? And I, we have pilots that go to our churches, and, and, and I, I will tell you, I, I don't know much about flying, but here's what I do know. They, they have uh, what are called visual flight rules, and then they have instrumental flight rules. And, and you, if you are not given the understanding of what instrument flight rules are and you get into bad weather, you will take that plane and you will drive it directly into the ground thinking that you're going straight up. Because your senses are telling you one thing. That's what happened to uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. John, John Kennedy, uh, when he crashed that plane, is that he wasn't rated to fly uh, instrument, and he thought he was going up, and he crashed that plane into the ocean because he thought he was going up and he was going down. Listen, there are a lot of things in your life where you think 
The Bible says it this way, There's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is destruction. There are those things that we look at and go, this, this ought to be right, this ought to be good, this ought to be the thing that we ought to do, and yet the Word of God says otherwise. There's, there's an understanding that we have to come to today that as we look at Scripture, that even though it's all of these things, it's controversial, it's all that, there is harmony and continuity throughout Scripture. The paradise that is lost in the book of Genesis becomes the paradise that is found in the book of Revelation. What mankind gave away in the book of Genesis, we receive back in the book of Revelation. The gate that was closed to the, to the tree of life, if you understand, the Bible says God put an angel there so that a man could not get back in. And, and there's this gate that's there and so that, that he, he closes it off. It becomes the gate that opens to us forevermore in the book of Revelation. John said, I saw a city. And he said there were gates in that city, gates of pearl, walls of jasper, streets of gold. Now listen, I, I don't know if that's a literal gate of pearl. I don't know if that's really walls of jasper and if it's really streets of gold. But I tell you what, I'm not going to ask for a refund when I get there if it's not. If it's an allegorical method that he's using to describe what heaven's like, that's fine with me. All that I know is that what we once lost, according to Scripture, we now regain according to that same Scripture that speaks in our life. I, I want to ask you a question. Think about this. I told you all the different authors that wrote Scripture. I told you all the years that it took to write that Scripture. Think with me for a minute. If we were to take just today out of this congregation or any of our congregations around that are watching, if we were to take 10 people from that congregation and we were to assign those people. Now, they're all from, from one walk of life. Uh, they're all from one generation, let's say. They're all from one place. They're all in one church. They're in one mood and one language. And we were to assign them a controversial subject. How many of you know that there would not be agreement out of those 10 people? I mean, I could just, I'll just throw one out. I could just say, what do you think about the president? And I don't care who the president is. I could pick 10 people and before it's over, somebody is going to be using words that are not Sunday school words. So, Right? I mean, they're, they're, you're not going to find, I mean, there might even be a fist fight breakout over who the president is, or you like him, or you don't like him, or whatever. And, and you, what you'd have is you'd have a conglomeration of ideas, you'd have a conglomeration of thoughts, you would not have harmony. And yet, when you study Scripture, from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, you have unity in the Bible. What is the reason for that unity that we find in Scripture? Well, here's what the Bible says about that. Second Peter uh, says uh, that all of these writers were inspired by the same God. Let, let me read it to you. It says, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. It didn't come by what he thought or what he said. It says, for prophecy never had its origin in the will of man. The Word of God didn't come out of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The Word of God. Listen, I want to tell you something today. Let me say something to you. I thank God for the Catholic Church. Now, that always surprises Protestants when I say that. Here's why I thank God for the Catholic Church. Some of you were raised in Catholicism. I thank God for the Catholic Church because without the Catholic Church, we wouldn't have the Bible. The Catholic Church fought to keep the Word of God I thank God for fundamentalists. I thank God for Southern Baptists. 
All you Southern Baptists should have said amen on that. Because the Southern Baptists have said, we're making a stand. We believe in the inerrancy of the Scripture. We believe that it is the Word of God, and we're not varying from that. We're going to make a stand for God. And I thank God for people who have, through the ages, made a stand for what God says and what His Word said and what truth is. You say, Pastor, how do I know it's the Word of God? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Let's, let's dig down a little bit deeper. When you begin to look at Scripture, you find that, that there are things that are revealed in Scripture that there's no way that humanity could have known. Let's talk about some scientific things, first of all. Uh, there's, there's scientific knowledge in the Bible. Now, I know what you've heard. I know that they, they always say, oh, the Bible is so messed up. It says things that, that are wrong or whatever. Let me talk to you for a moment. Do, do you know that years ago, what we now hold as scientific truths, 300 years ago, they would have held you up as a heretic if you said that. How many of you know that man's perspective is very limited? It's interesting how often that, that we find things in Scripture that God told us hundreds and even thousands of years before mankind ever studied it. In the Bible, there's scientific truths that, that, that begin to, to let us know things. The, the writers of, of the Word of God gave us facts about scientific things that could have only been known through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I mean, let me give you a few examples. Can I do that for you? Uh, uh, in the book of Isaiah, the 40th chapter, the, uh, the 22nd verse, it talks about the roundness of the earth. Well, now, how many of you know, nobody believed that the earth was round. They believed the earth was what? flat right i mean until the time of columbus they were still saying the earth is flat and yet in isaiah 40 verse 22 talks about that the the earth is a circle that it's round how could they have known that there was no way that that there was a there was no scientific method but yet years later think about this if anybody was propagating that everybody would say oh that's scientifically incorrect the world is flat the world is flat the world is flat the world is flat for hundreds and hundreds of years until Oh, the world is round. Isaiah's right. Huh. Wonder what else is right. Job 26, 7 talks about that the earth is suspended in space. Nobody knew that. You know what? The, the book of Job is the oldest written book in the Bible that we're told. And, and so the, the, the book of Job thousands of years before mankind ever discovered that we were a sphere out here floating in space job said that's where we were the book the psalmist talks about the currents that are in the ocean well he didn't know why the currents he'd never been in the ocean but he talks about the currents in the ocean job back to job again job talks about that there are springs in the ocean how does job know that job's never seen the springs in the ocean but god reveals that to him but the one that I think is the most beautiful and most powerful that we need to understand that was scientifically proven is in the book of Acts, the 17th chapter, the 26th verse talks about that we are all, na all nations of one blood. People didn't know that for thousands of years. They looked at color. They said, well, you, you, you're of this color, you're of that color, you're of that persuasion. That means you've got to go with this. All of a sudden we found out that we were one. The same blood that's in me will work in somebody that's different skin color than I am because, boy, y'all need to get this. Listen, just because some of you got a better tan than I got, 
Don't mean we don't have the same daddy. We are all one people, one nation, one blood, called out by God Almighty, and it was revealed hundreds of years before mankind ever talked about it. So those are scientific things. But what else? Well, there's, there's fulfilled prophecies in, Bi- in the Bible. Have you ever read some of those prophecies in the Bible? They're kind of interesting. Um, I heard years ago a mathematician who had studied this said that Jesus fulfilling just seven of the Old Testament prophecies would be in the sense, and he gave a mathematical formula, he said it would be like covering the state of Texas in silver dollars two feet deep, taking one of those silver dollars and putting an X on it and burying it somewhere in that and then sending a blind man to get the one silver dollar. He said the odds of that happening were the same of Jesus fulfilling seven. And Jesus didn't just fulfill seven Old Testament prophecies. He fulfilled over 50 Old Testament prophecies about his life. So it proves to me that he is the Messiah. See, the, the Old Testament prophesies about events that, that there was no way that people could have known that were going to happen. Uh, Isaiah talks about it. He's going to call his name Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Uh, how did they do that? How were these writers able to do that? i tell you how. They were doing it by the power of God. God decided, God declared through his word proof so that you and I would understand that he is superior over all other gods. There's no God like our God. There is no king like our king. He is one and only. Let let me just give you a few of those real quick. Uh, In Isaiah, again, Isaiah talks about it in the 13th chapter. He talks about the fall of Babylon 200 years before it happened. Now think about that. He writes about it 200 years before it ever happens. The fall of Egypt he talks about a little bit later uh, in the 19th chapter. And not only does he say it's going to fall, he says here is how it's going to happen. He says there's going to be civil war and it's going to destroy the nation. Guess how Egypt was destroyed? It was destroyed through civil war. The Word of God in the book of Zephaniah talks about the total destruction of the, of the household of Nineveh. said it's going to be wiped out. You said, well, I read in the book of Jonah that God didn't do it. Yeah, but you need to keep reading. A little bit later, God comes in and utterly destroys Nineveh. Ezekiel talks about the fall of Tyre with it becoming a place where even the birds would just come and nest. I mean, over and over and over again. These are just a few. I don't have time uh, to, to give you everything this morning that, that the Word of God prophesied and said this is going to happen and it has come to pass. What we need to understand today is that the Word of God is truth. It is truth. And it matters in our life. Just as it matters if you're going to fly, that you understand some truth. I mean, think about this. Because people will will say to me often, well, now, preacher, that's your truth. Well, let me ask you something. The next time you get on a plane, Whose truth do you want that pilot to live by? Do you want him just to live by this person's truth or that person's truth or somebody else's new idea that they came up with that morning? Or do you want him to live by the truth of the laws of aerodynamics, the law of gravity? I mean, don't don't you want a pilot who goes, huh, I know they've been saying that all these years, but let's try it today. Let's see, if we just cut the engines off, how long we can stay up. 
You'll glide, but you will come down. And that's what we see over and over and over again in our society, in our nation, is that people are saying, well, that's your revelation, that's your truth, that's your understanding. No, 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 listen to me. Don't care what your lifestyle is. doesn't matter to me who you are, how you're doing. Here's what I want to tell you. I accept you. I love you. But I will never approve of something that God's Word doesn't approve of. That's all I can do. I will love you because God's Word tells me to do that, and it doesn't matter to me what you're doing and how you're doing it. But if God's Word takes a stand, I don't care what it is. If God's Word, listen, I grew up, my whole process in life, I, I was the kid who thought that a lie was a present help in a time of trouble. Not the Lord, a lie. I mean, I was a liar. I lied. I could lie to you at the drop of a hat. I, 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 didn't, I was good at it, too, let me tell you. All right? But my parents made me memorize Revelations 21 and 8 that says, All liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. And I went, I don't want to go to hell. So I better stop this lying stuff. All right? So what, what we've got to come back to is an understanding of this is that God's Word is not to beat us up. God's Word is not to keep us from fulfilling life and enjoying life. God's Word, God's word is to keep the plane in the air so that we can fulfill what God's called us to do. You say, well, Pastor, you know, I, I hear people uh, you know, on television and stuff, and they talk about how horrible Christianity has been and, and how negative it is and how many wars and all that. Let me say something to you. Yes, there have been some things that are horrible that have been done in the name of Christianity. I will agree with you on that. But you know what? There's been greater things that are horrible that have been done in the name of atheism. Look at Hitler. Look at the Soviet Union. Look at China. Look at the hundreds of thousands and even millions of people that were killed, not for the Word of God, but in direct reproach against the Word of God. So don't, don't hold that up. Don't let somebody play with your mind and tell you, well, look how bad Christianity has been. I want to tell you, there's been a great impact on civilization through Christianity. I went back and read the Declaration of Independence. And it talks about that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all people are created equal. Where'd they get that? The B-I-B-L-E. They didn't get that from society because society said we need slaves, but the, but the Word of God said everybody was created equal. And even though they didn't even believe what they were saying, they put it into the, to the Declaration of Independence. And it was like God was saying to us, thundering to us 250 or so years ago, thundering to us, wake up, my word is truth. It's, it's needful for us to understand. The, the Bible has had great impact on art. You can't walk into a museum and not see something that relates back to the word of God. It's had great, I, I mean, talk about music. Now, I know some music God hadn't had anything on, but... I mean, Handel's Messiah, you, you, you begin to go back on some of those things, just, just amazing grace. I mean, come on, I, I'm, that's, that song is so old, but still, if somebody starts singing that song, everybody in here be crying. All right, it's blind because it's been impacted by the Word of God. Literature has been changed by the Word of God. Uh, our educational system has been changed, and I know we're trying to get away from it, but still, you go back and look at our educational system, it's been changed. Our judicial system has been touched. By the Word of God. I was recently in Washington, and, and every time I go, I'm astounded 
at how our senators and congressmen and, and leaders can stand and say, we need to have separation of church and state in every building that I went in. From the Supreme Court on, every building I've been in in Washington, there is chiseled in marble the Word of God. There's pictures of our founding fathers on their knees praying to the God of heaven. And then they want to tell me that at the end of a graduation ceremony that it is separation of church and state. I want to tell you, truth will set you free. Truth will set our nation free. Truth will set our judicial system free. Truth will make a difference. Franklin Roosevelt, one of our greatest presidents, said this. He said, we cannot read the history of our rise and development as a nation without reckoning with the place the Bible has occupied in shaping the advances of our republic. Now think about that. Franklin Roosevelt, not, not a preacher. In fact, if you study his life, not a preacher. Harry Truman said this, the fundamental basis of this nation's laws was given to Moses on the mount. The fundamental basis of our Bill of Rights, he's going on to say, come from the teachings we get from Exodus and St. Matthew, from Isaiah and St. Paul. What are they saying? Our very foundation of our nation is on the truth of the Word of God. Our individual lives have been shaped. The Word of God has transformed millions and millions of lives, even in the past century. It's motivated people to be missionaries. It's even motivated people to be martyrs for the cause of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I think that the Word of God's made me a better husband makes us better spouses. It makes us better parents. I think it makes us even better friends and co-workers and, and neighbors to be around. I think that the Word of God, if I will really understand what the Word of God says, I think it'll make a difference. David talks about in, in the Psalms, he talks about so many things about the Word of God and how that he's hidden the Word of God and how that the Word of God changes our lives and changes who we are. And, and in our lives, we come to that and I say, Lord, let your Word change me. Abraham Lincoln said this. He said, I believe the Bible is the best gift God has ever given to man. All the good from the Savior of the world is communicated to us through this book. Abraham Lincoln. One more and I close. Ronald Reagan said this just a few years ago. He said, within the covers of this one single book, the Bible, are all, listen, all the answers to all the problems we face today. Listen to what else he said. If only we would read it and believe. I want to tell you today, I know I've given you a boatload of information. You think you're tired, think about me. But you say, Pastor, why would you give us so much? Well, it's kind of hard in one sermon to give you everything about truth. So all I could do was just kind of wrap it into some kind of a picture and say, here it is. But here's what I want to tell you today. 
The truth of the Word of God is the same as the truth that a pilot holds to. The purpose of the pilot holding to truths is so that he makes a journey that's safe and he gets where he wants to go. The purpose of the Word of God is to keep you safe and to get you where you want to go. And so it's needful for us to understand today that God's Word is truth and that as we hide it in our hearts that you and I have the ability to come home safe. Jesus said, they were asking him one day about a lot of things and he said to them, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he said, no man comes to the Father but through me. And they said, Lord, we don't, we don't know what you're talking about. And, and he goes on to talk about that in his father's house are many mansions. And he said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. But if I go away, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the bottom line of the truth of the Bible. That Jesus Christ came to this earth because he loved us. He paid our price so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins. And he is coming back one day so that we can spend an eternity with him. If we will only receive and accept his truth. Amen? Would you bow your heads today? I've talked about truth today. And this is the truth that I know as I close. That the Word of God says that we are all sinners. That everybody enters this world as a sinner. That we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But I also know that the Word of God says that Jesus Christ has already paid my price so that I could be forgiven of my sins. You say, Pastor, I don't know about this Christianity thing. I don't know about religion. You know what? I don't know about religion either. Religion's a mess. But I do know about relationship. I do know that I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I started it when I was seven years old. And you know what? I did something this week, and just bear with me for a moment. I, I just knelt this week, and I asked Jesus if I could be born again, again. Now, that may sound crazy to some of you, and that's okay. I do crazy things. I just said, Lord, I want today, I, I just, I want to start all over today. I want this to be a new day. And so I just ask you, Jesus, would you become my Lord today? You say, were you not saved? Yeah, but I just did it all over. I just ask him again, would you come into my life? I give you my heart. I give you my life. Would you become my Lord and my Savior? And you know what? He did. Because the Bible says, if I confess my sin, he's just and faithful. Forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I... I'm not sure about religion, but I sure would like a relationship with Jesus. I'd like to be saved today. Would you just hold your hand up anywhere in this room right now and say, that's me today. 
just just slip it up real quick way back over here in the risers god bless you down here on the right a couple of you over here thank you way back in the back there thank you right here in the middle god bless you anybody else way up here on my left in the risers thank you anyone else today just come on just just put it up there just hold it up today i don't want to miss it i want to to see your hand way over here on my left thank you on the ground floor god bless you way up in the riser there thank you anybody else this morning just quickly say you know what that's me down here on my right thank you sir thank you would you look up here this morning another one up there in the risers thank you we're going to pray together lifting your hand says i have a need prayer confession is how you receive jesus today bible says repent change your mind change your direction repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ we have baptized 117 people already this year in this house i think that's exciting he said repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the remission or the or forgiveness of sins and you shall receive the gift of the holy spirit he said for the promises to you to your children and all that are far off even as many as the lord our god shall call so here's how you get saved you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart you confess you're a sinner you confess you need jesus you confess that you need the blood of jesus christ to wash away all your sins and when you do that you leave that old life and you enter into a new life oh yes baptism the holy spirit all those things come along as well as you move in your journey but you come into relationship in that moment where you ask him into your life and so i'm going to pray today but again my prayer won't save you it's your prayer so as i pray i'm encouraging you why don't you pray and ask jesus into your life today father i thank you i thank you for every man and woman that lifted their hand today and said i need jesus in my life god so many of us have made that declaration time and again and we've been thankful that you've always been there and so we just come right now and we say lord forgive us of our sins we thank you jesus that you paid our price there's no way we could have ever paid that price but you paid our price so we just ask right now that the blood of jesus christ cleanse us from all sin purify us take away the old make everything new right now and we confess you today as our lord and our savior and we thank you that we have now left our old life and we've now started a new life with you jesus and it's in your name we pray amen come on let's celebrate that this morning would you grab that card you've got this morning you made a confession of faith check that off that's just our way of knowing that you made that decision today um, also your next step is baptism repent and be baptized baptism always follows repentance and salvation and so we'd love to baptize we can even do it today we got everything you need we have rows we have towels we got what blow dry we got it we can do it baptistry's ready uh, so there'll be a staff member on stage today when service is over uh, that you can come and talk with and be glad to do it either today or we'll schedule it we've got some that we're scheduling for next week already um, we're going to ask our our uh, connection teams to come and would you take that card and pass it back to the aisle that it came from real quickly and our connection team is going to come and pick those up from you just want to say uh, thank you for doing that today i want you to know i love you i am so glad that you are part 
of the vision of this house and what God is doing. Uh, please remember uh, to keep those that are uh, on the missions trip, please keep them in prayer. Uh, please, please pray for me. My wife is gone. And it's all right for about two days, but all right, so they come back Saturday. So anyway, uh, remember that. Have a great, great week. Uh, if you are, didn't make a commitment to Christ today, go by our fresh start tables in the back. We got a packet of information for you, and uh, we just want you to share that with you. God bless you. Pastor Chris is coming to close. Stand up with us. Love and truth. How good was that message? Right? I loved it. I loved it. Listen, our prayer teams are going to be coming forward right now, and I know you've heard it like three times, but I just want to say it again. To our first, second, and third time guests, we are so glad that you chose to hang out with us today. You could have been anywhere, but you're here, and we are honored. And so because of that, we want to give you free stuff. So make sure you stop by the guest kiosk, get your cookie, get your stuff, because you don't want to miss out on that. And listen, if you're in this room right now, I want you to come back Wednesday at 7 o'clock for a midweek service, all right? They're super awesome. There's one for every single age group, and they're all great, all right? So I want to see you there. And make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure you sign up on July 30th for iServe, all right? Pastor Jason has some awesome games planned out. You don't want to miss it because anything that he does is awesome, all right? So you don't want to miss out on that. And lastly, if you need prayer for anything at all, or maybe you just want to start your week off with some extra Jesus, come hang out with some of these guys. Come grab them, and they would love to pray with you. So with that being said, we love you guys so much. Have an amazing week, and you are dismissed.